Okay. And hello, everybody. Welcome hello. to another episode of the podcast. Not just any podcast, the podcast. The podcast entitled Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. I'm yeah. Joe. And I am also Joe, and this is the podcast that you are listening to right now. If I say I'm Joe, you're supposed to say I'm Emerson. Well, next time you say you're Emerson, and I'll say I'm Emerson, and then no one will know. Eh? <laughs> oh God, we we need to we need to try and shake things up for the. Uh, I could shake six. my microphone if you want me to. Please don't. Um. Anyway. Um. Shake this up. We have an earthquake. So, um, do we have any banter for today? No. No, I genuinely... We have no banter at all? No. Um, oh, Taskmaster won a comedy award, and the speech oh, yeah, was that really funny. Yeah, the, spe- the speech was funny. Um, and there was also a tribute to Sean Locke. Um, yes. Not during the speech, obviously, but during the uh, awards ceremony. And it was quite emotional. Yes, it was very touching. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Sean Locke. You will be missed. No, uh, no, as Sean would have wanted. Anyway, I mean, he doesn't um, care what it, he he said himself. He wouldn't care what anyone would say. He'd be dead. Yeah. Uh. So, so we are. So now, with banter and tributes out of the way, uh, um, onto the episode. This is season five, episode seven, entitled "Boing Boing." Is this the earliest we've ever gone into an episode? Probably. I, you know, I'm. I got nothing else banter wise. I just want to get this. We're going to try and speed run this episode. Taskmaster, any percent? <laughs> Have you ever speed run a game? No, I actually. Although I did, I did know a guy. My brother's old roommate. Um actually did for quite a while have the uh, record for the NES game Marble Madness. Oh, okay. Have the world speedrun record. I was there when he did it the first time. It's it seems incredibly boring if you're not into that. I can't I don't I can't speedrun just cuz I I just like taking my time with games. People love to speedrun Super Mario 64 and but more specifically the Nintendo 64 version of it. Because I have the game on Mario 3D All-Stars. Sorry, I just banged my head. I have uh, the game on Mario 3D All-Stars and the uh, online games that you get with the Nintendo Switch expansion pass for the Nintendo 64. Um, And I just like playing through it casually at my own pace, and it's fun that way. I I just don't see the appeal to it. It's entirely too cerebral. Like Speedrunning or Mario 64? Speedrunning. I oh, was okay. gonna, I I actually don't play Mario games that much because I'm I'm much more of like PC and Xbox than I am Nintendo or PlayStation. I'm a big Nintendo person. Mario sixty four is a banging banging game. It's simple as hell, but it's so much fun. I never really liked Nintendo games that much. I play Super Smash Brothers on my Switch, but that's about it. Oh, you have a Switch too? Yeah, I haven't. I don't even know where it is. I got it the year it came out, and it's been sitting somewhere. I should probably look for it. I play my Switch on a consecutive basis. I'm excited because we're recording this on Tuesday, the 15th of March. Um, This episode will come out on Thursday, the 17th. And the day after that, on the 18th, uh, the first wave of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Pass comes out for for DLC. 
I'm really excited because I pre-ordered it and they're adding DLC to a game five years after it came out. I last played a video game like I played a video game for the first time in like eight months last week. What game was it? Oh God, it was uh, it was Gang Beasts and then Jackbox Party Pack because I was entertaining some people at a party. Jackbox is so fun. I wish I played more of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's um, super good. It is indeed. <laughs> Asunder, so I'm a robot. People, I'm a robot, and it's it's a text cool, speech thing. Yeah, let's do the episode. Although yeah. we barely t- scraped five minutes of banter. Anyway, um, um, this like episode said, is entitled "Boing Boing." Yeah, and it'll we'll find out why a little bit later. Double, probably... double A press to jump for that. Indeed. Um, uh, the and as far as Alex and Greg's banter today, uh, the cast has an average professional age of forty-one. Alex has put a toilet paper holder in every room of his house and also the set. And then, um, which we'll uh, see uh, frequently. And then, as always, the floral shirt count of this group is at one this time. Bob is wearing a shirt covered in little tiny flowers that that you can only see in close-ups, and it's very nice. I can't wait to have the floral shirt count jingle for Series 6 onwards. Honorable Um, mention to Ashling, who's wearing a very nice paisley pattern shirt that's not quite floral. Um, And then I did the prize task last time, so the prize task this week is you, Emerson. Oh, right. Um... I'm a little bit I'm a little bit unsure how to talk about this one, but I'll do my best. So the prize task for this week, drumroll please, is the most surprisingly expensive item. And yeah, so that means this doesn't have to be the most generally expensive thing, um, but in relative to what it is or what you think it might be uh, or how that, much you think it actually, might cost. That actually is how it ends up being... Yeah, that it's is. Just, I'm just, I'm just trying to be a bit more dramatic, uh, yeah. and it's not really working. Oh uh, no, anyway. the drama's going to come in when we get to the last two things, which are some of the most astonishing prizes I've seen in five plus seasons of Taskmaster. Yeah, and anyway, the we're starting the prize task today with drum roll, please. Oh, there it is. Why didn't why didn't it work the first time? Uh, Ashley B. Yay! So, Ashling has brought in a pass for a 30-minute nap in Belfast Airport 13, Business Lounge. 13-minute. 1-3. That was the... 30. 13. Sorry. It's a... Th- I'll have a look. Uh, it's, a na- it's a pass for a nap in the Belfast Airport Business Lounge before a long flight. Now, the way Ashling worded... Um, her in her introduction confused me a little because she said it was a business airport so it's so a business and a, a nap in the business airport of belfast a nap want, in the business lounge of belfast airport before a big flight to, do you want me to explain to you what that means do you, or, a business, or do you a business lounge or a nap a business lounge I mean, please do. You probably fly so more than I do. I I do. I've been in business class. It's not a business lounge. It's a. It's usually like a premium 
lounge area because airports are terrible. Airports are terrible because they're like transient spaces where you're not supposed to be there for very long. But because air travel has many delays in it, often you're there for many hours. So a lot of airports have lounges that are better. Um, Most of them are run by airlines, but in smaller airports, like I imagine Belfast is, uh, they are sometimes run either by the airport authority or by an outside company. And they usually are nice on the inside. They have like plush seats, bar, showers, food, that sort of thing. And Ashling was so tired because she had like a 6 a.m. flight, which probably means she got up at four o'clock in the fucking morning to go on this flight that she paid 25 pounds or actually would be the equivalent amount in euros because Belfast is no Belfast is Northern Ireland. That would be, that would be pounds, but um, Belfast 25 pounds to sleep in the lounge for 13 minutes before she got on her flight. And I cannot imagine that level of exhaustion because I have done the get up really fucking early for a flight thing. And that is still terrible value for money. But, and these places are honestly, I'm surprised that it was cheap. They're not cheap. Honestly, 25 pounds is cheap for a 13 minute nap for getting into an airport bit lounge, like a premium lounge is Mm. like, I have paid 80 bucks to get into some of these places at bigger airports because um, you know sometimes if you're there for like 10 hours it's worth it i mean i'm i'm not a big fan of like sometimes i am but sometimes i'm not a fan of long-haul travel uh i'm going to we were talking about this a bit before the show so joe already knows about this but for the listeners uh, i'm going to croatia uh for the first week in april and we are going there by coach Oh, you poor thing! Why? But, Why would you do that? Why? I don't. I don't. Be like I don't. Two days on the fucking bus. Well, okay, so we, it, it's going to be an overnight journey. Yes, that means I'm probably going to be sleeping on a coach, upright. Why? I don't know. Okay. What do you mean that you don't know? You could just not go. Well, I want to go. I haven't been abroad in about three years, mainly because of COVID. Bus. Not by bus, Jesus Christ, Emerson! It'll make for some fun stories and like saying, no, "Oh God, it won't. I." Well, I'll feel like I'm in some sort of survival movie in a way. Oh my! It's like this will be like desert bus. He didn't tell. You know, you say you fucking say that. I'm wearing the shirt that I got that I bought from the Desert Bus for Hope charity shop because that that long run that 24 hour live stream. That's a. Have you ever watched that one? Oh no, I didn't get around to doing it. There's a uh, there's a charity live stream every year where they actually play Desert Bus continuously on a loop. It's uh but that's that sounds less hellish than going to Croatia by bus. Emerson, you should not do that. You live in Europe. Do you know what Europe has? Europe Trends. has no self-flagellation devices cleverly disguised as Ryanair. So you could just fly there for 13 pounds and they'll spit on you the whole way, but you'll get there in like five hours. I don't know. Well, we're, obviously we're not going by coach the entire way. We have to get a ferry 
um, oh, across. Oh, e- even better. Even better. The slow boat to Croatia. I like, slow- I like boat travel. I haven't been on a ferry for years, and I kind of miss it. Cause How much when- did you pay for this trip? Well, it's a week trip. Um, did they I ro- break down I- how much travel was? I don't care about how much the trip was itself. How much are you paying to spend at least 48 hours of your life on a bus full of British tourists going oh, no. to Croatia? No, no, no. Well, wait, wait, what do you mean tourists? Because everyone who's going, at least on my coach, will be from my university. Oh, that's even worse. That's even worse. <laughs> I feel like there's no pleasing you. Well, the thing is, okay. you're, you're in America, so you fly everywhere. Here in Europe, we tend to travel more on the ground. No, no, Emerson, I need to I need to just specify something. I'm an American, so I have standards. I've been to Europe. Do you know what Europeans don't have? Standards. I've been to all over Europe. Europeans will think that a twin bed is perfectly fine for a hotel europeans stay in hostels europeans take the bus europeans think that paying 13 pounds to fly on ryanair is a good thing so you people need to like have a bit more self-respect and fly and fly in an airplane or drive in a car or take the first class coach on the train like norm like a civilized society holy shit anyway so ashling's nap cost her 25 pounds um, so for the pound per minute, or was it minute per pound? Either way, it was the most it, expensive it, thing she bought. Uh, Greg Nish, doesn't think so. Greg, Greg thought it would have been at least 40 pounds. Nish Kumar has brought in 100 euros because 100 euros is surprisingly expensive to uh, get a hold of now. Because of Brexit. Yep. Bob Mortimer has brought in his 2014 World Cup sticker book. This is and the third time we've had a World Cup sticker book on Taskmaster as a prize. It was Josh and Rob, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Uh, Josh is it the same? Is it the, same is it the sticker book for the same World Cup? I think one of them was Rio in twenty eighteen. No, Russia was no. twenty fourteen. One was of Brazil one of them. Or Rio. One of them was Russia. The other yeah. two were the same one in Rio de Janeiro. World Cups are by country, not by city like the Olympics. Whatever it is. There are two different World Cups. However, this is the second Rio book we've got. And if I'm wrong, please correct me in the comments. Um, the book was valued at £374. It, it could be. It could be, but it's Bob spent... I'm quite confused with this, but... Ten so pounds they, is somehow involved. So it here. Cu- it could have been valued. So the average price that someone would spend on this, because they have to buy all of the stickers, is upwards of three hundred and eighty pounds. The book it's the book itself costs like twenty something when Bob bought it. Greg thinks it costs around twenty five pounds, and they had it appraised for ten. Taskmaster had all of these appraised. Okay. So this is, according to Taskmaster, this is worth ten pounds. Damn. Um, Sally has brought in one of Bob Mortimer's turds. 
which yeah. we dried out and placed in a resin sphere in the Isle of Wight Pooh Museum. No, no, it's it's going to be like the okay. So this one, this entire sentence, you might as well Sally take Dunn. the prize toss because you just. Seem I'm to have... I'm sorry, no, no. This one is just. It's not going into the Isle of Wight uh, museum, but it it's the exact same process that they use at the Isle of Wight museum, the National Poop Museum in the Isle of Wight that Sally just drops into a sentence like it's a totally normal thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sorry, you continue. Uh, so Greg puts uh, estimates that uh, to do all this would be about 199 pounds. Um, but it's Actual actually price? 800. No. And Bob, well, that's how much it would cost to get the poo put in a sphere. But Bob Mortimer's poo specifically is worth between 10 and 15 grand. Because the the demonstration poop sphere was fox poop, which cost around 800, which cost around 800 or something like that. But to do human-sized turd would be 10,000 downs. Is it just any human turd or is it Bob Mortimer's turd specifically? I don't want to know the answer. Well, I mean, it make for a fun day out with the family, the National Pooh Museum. If you... Do you want to know the only joke I have ever learned about the Isle of Wight, and it is somehow poop-themed? Is it from Top Gear? No, it sort of. James May wrote a book on one of his books, and he included this joke. And this was, um, what is brown and comes steaming out of cows... The answer is the Isle of Wight Ferry, because Cowes is one of the larger cities on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> Spelled C-O-W-E-S. Yeah. I, I, I should not have a poop-appropriate joke for the Isle of Wight. I've not been to the Isle of Wight for a very long time, but I seem to remember it having like a, a steak, re- like a popular steak restaurant or something. I... Steak is not what I would be thinking about now about when I think of the Isle of Wight. Anyway, Mark um, Watson. I nearly forgot about Mark. How could I? He has a garden gate. He's brought a garden gate that joins into uh, the communal gardens behind his house. Uh, Greg puts the value of the gate at about, what was it, 70 or 80 pounds? Somewhere in that 80 ballpark. Pound, 80 pounds plus 75 labor. Yeah, so somewhere in that ballpark. The gate itself is worth 18,000 pounds. 18,000 pounds. Because it joins up to the communal gardens. And Greg's so shocked that Alex is to use his loo roll. Yeah, he apparently it has to... Um, he has to pay into the communal garden fund in order to get a gate into the garden. And it's a multi-year fee... And that is apparently 18 grand. Yeah. Also, whoever wins will get access to the communal garden via Mark Watson's gate. Yes. That he's not, I don't think he's actually giving away the gate. He is not. Yeah, but he's Although giving I would access like to, mention to when the they actually When they bring the prize task, when they bring the prizes out at the end, there is a gate that is there on stage. And I don't know whether or not that's Mark's gate or not. 
I mean, if it is Mark's gate, I wonder how much he cost it. It'll only be more expensive to get it removed. Yeah, who knows? Uh, anyway, the scores. Obviously, you cannot give Mark Watson anything lower than first place. So he snatches five points. Sally nearly had it um, with her Bob Mortimer's shit, but it's got four points. Ashling and, and the real Bob Mortimer have got three points each because there's an equally uh, valuable. And there's and then there's Nish. Or is it and, and there's Nish? Nish. And there's Nish. And there's Nish, uh, which is quickly becoming the subtitle for the series. Mm-hmm. Right. No Taskmaster Joe for this one. I agree with that perfectly. Uh, on to task one. Which Joe can actually take without trying to interrupt me all the time. I'm sorry. And it's not uh, your fault. Without you, that I would have been that price task would have been a shambles for me if you hadn't stepped in. Anyway, this is yours to do completely. Right. So they are back at the place where they filmed the uh, multiple task one with the red pole and everything. And I think it's the same place where there's the boat task. This is all in the same sort of general area. They are standing on the middle of a field. Drone shot for the intro, which you can actually, when Bob reads the task at first, you can hear the drone buzzing a little bit on the microphones because they, they use a drone to film this. Uh, everyone is promptly blindfolded and handed a piece of bread. Um, Alex is like, how many fingers am I holding up? And nobody guesses it correctly except Bob, which is really funny. Uh, the task they are read is read by Alex, uh, wearing that blindfold at all times, travel as far as possible in three minutes. Alex will be at your side at all times because he is a strong, independent, handsome man. On removing the blindfold, you will then have another three minutes to retrace your steps to your starting position. Longest re successful retracing of steps wins. Uh, initial thoughts on this. Ashley wants to know if she can take her feet off, the, if her feet have to stay on the ground, which is confusing. Also, I would like to point out that Nobody did what I just thought of, which is that the task said wearing the blindfold. It never said where you have to wear it. You totally could have just wrapped it around your neck or put it over your mouth or something like that and just walked around anyways. But uh, but uh, who knows? Nope, we have to keep going. Back to the um, back to the uh, studio. And they are talking about how the task works and Nish and Sally are already pissing themselves laughing because they know how bad they did on this. Uh, start off with Bob Mortimer, uh, who did the Hansel and Gretel approach, also known as doing it correctly, where he puts or he tears off pieces of bread and leaves it behind him as he goes down the uh, as he meanders through the field. Well, and look at then, you using big words today, like meanders. Yeah, he meandered through the field, leaving bread in his wake. And uh, when he takes the thing off, he very easily retraces his steps back to uh, to where yeah. the he started from. He goes pretty and, much. He gets pretty pretty much bang on, to be honest. Yeah, he uh, he declare he stabs a stick into the ground where he thinks he started from and declares, and that is where I wish to be buried. Everybody else has like a figure saying how far they were off of the. Uh, off of the uh, thing, but Bob doesn't off of the start, but Bob doesn't because he, he pretty much got back exactly to where he was. Yes. Although he's extremely surprised that he went through the thicket. 
He didn't go through the thicket. He thought he'd gone through the thicket. He'd gotten like just into the thicket of of bushes and stuff at the edge of the field. And then um, just just to note, commercial break between Bob and everybody else. Um, this is throughout the rest of the episode. It is Alex and his double from when they did the spot the difference task. And they're standing in front of the spot the difference scene before, after they did it. Because it said pots originally and then they changed it to spot. Yep. Or, and so that's there. Uh, then they come back and... <laughs> Greg spits out a piece of gum and Alex has to pull the toilet paper out to wrap it up in it, which is going to be another recurring joke throughout the show. Um, then we get into Mark and Ashling. Uh, Mark makes a mistake right off the bat. Um, he tries to walk in a straight line, which is something that it's impossible for a human to do without, um, without visual references in the world around them because humans naturally tend to spin in one direction as they walk. So if you ever try to do that, even if you're even if you're not doing it blindfolded, if you're not in like a vast open plane, you will eventually go around in a circle in one way or the other. Um, so that didn't work. Uh, he also only gets the breadcrumb idea like most of the way through this task. So that didn't work for him. Ashley, Ashley meanwhile, hops Jumps on, on Alex's, Alex's back. back and has him carry her uh, real and realizes what the bread well, the is for a bit, a bit too late. Um, yep. Unfortunately for Mark, he apparently did leave down a trail of bread from like halfway through or whatever, but <laughs> it was dog eaten it. by a dog. There was a dog that someone else had there and it ate the bread. <laughs> Literally, you cannot make a more perfect Mark Watson scenario than that. Yeah. Um, so uh, just for where they were, Ashling got some distance away and then meandered her way back, got 64 meters from the start point, and but did at least travel in the correct direction towards the start point as opposed to Mark Watson, who doop 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 in the wrong direction got himself 140 meters away from where he started. No, that's how far he traveled in the wrong direction. He finally ended 195 meters away because of how far he traveled. Also, I should say that um, Alex carrying Ashling uh, is Alex's uh, new new personal record for the furthest distance he's ever carried another human being. Yes. The the previous record holder was an ant that he had to carry across a car park at a wedding. (laughs) I want to see that because it seems like a sitcom plot. Or like something that would happen it, in the sitcom. It does. Um, and then we get um, Odissanish Kumar, who, who was blindfolded and then much like the Homerian figure of legend, meandered in giant circles but 20 feet from where he started for the entire time. As Alex says, he did 300 paces and only got 15 meters away before electing to again, like Odysseus of old, bumble off in the wrong fucking direction, getting himself 180 meters the wrong way. Yep. Which is absolutely incredible. Uh, Sally, meanwhile... uh, Oh, also, before we get to Sally, Nish asks... 
does is this bread for any purpose? Meanwhile, Sally um, is much less tragic in her getting lost. She, she does go finds, for a long run, Tim Key style. Though. Yeah, she she does do a Tim Key style run. Um, gets uh two hundred twenty meters away total, and then she ran the longest of anybody. Then absolutely does not find her way back. Is seventy four meters away from the start. Uh to to uh sum up their thoughts on this if we can play the sound bites of nish and sally explaining themselves greg asks nish what is the bread for holding gregory and then sally who just drops this little nugget of brilliance right at the end um i went shit i should have used this as a compass (laughs) (laughs) and then uh yeah, this is just so bad. A dialect, or oh, it's just not good. It's so bad. Well, no, it's so bad for them. I thought it, I thought just about everything in this episode was absolutely hilarious. Um, and then we get on to uh, task two, brought to you by the Jamaican bobsled team. You you don't need to do. You don't feel like the need to do Taskmaster Joe. You can't do it for an objective thing like this. Oh, no, you can't. Uh, I'm going to try and do this one um, because, as we all know, I am absolutely amazing at talking on this podcast. Um, That's no one's fault but mine. Don't worry. I'm not having a stab at my co-host. He's just there in silence. I'm letting you talk. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to, like, word say, say about this, but I'll do my best, so... Uh, task two, muster the biggest coconut bobsleigh team using any of the supplied items. Uh, these are items found in the caravan. If a contestant uses the same item as another contestant, they are disqualified. So, Most coconut bobsleigh team members still on the board when the bobsleigh comes to a halt wins. You have 20 minutes in one attempt. Yeah, so it doesn't have to travel the furthest. It's just about how many stay on. So... Now, I think I should very quickly talk about the coconut harness. I think it's that's the official name for it, but it's definitely a large case with um, holes drilled in it or laid out in it so you can fit spherical objects. Yeah, it's like a padded case. I actually think they made it out of... This is, this is almost how you transport um, peaches to market. I definitely have bought peaches from like Costco in this style. In this sort of like, in at least half of this container. Oh, okay. I don't think I've ever seen it before in my life. Anyway, well, um, at least half of it. There's not a folding one. Okay. And anyway, I don't think I've ever seen something quite like this coconut harness in my life before. Mm-hmm. And but and neither really had the contestants because they all seemed to. Um, there was the urge for most of them to want to use the coconut harness although people might think that's the obvious choice is that too easy and nish actually proclaims that he hates this game because of how little he can read into his his fellow nish is a source of wonderful quotes through this my favorite is when he comes out of the house in this task and looks at the setup because they have this in the driveway and the coconut bobsleigh team is set up in a pile 
in front of a skateboard and then there's a ramp going down the driveway and he just walks out and goes oh shit as Nish always does when he he's put in any sort of scenario mm-hmm. um anyway so first up to bat is bob no i'm sorry i'm looking at the wrong task first up to bat is mark um so he considers the coconut harness it's right there on the table of the caravan uh, but he decides against it. So instead what he does, and uh, he just settles on the skateboard, really, I think. He, yeah, Nish, Nish, uh, are we on Nish or Mark? Mark. Mark piles everything on and just is like, I got it. I think he says it's a virgin run, which is just, mm. That's not a good phrasing. <laughs> uh, well, he's trying to mean virgin in the sense that it's like yeah, it's I, the first. Yeah. I, I think maiden voyage is what he's trying to go for. Yeah, maiden voyage. And um, the problem with this is that it, everybody's going to find this out is the, the skateboard doesn't track fully true. So it veers off to one side at either end. Yeah. So Marx comes to a stop about halfway down the track and uh, how many, all, I think he starts with 19 coconuts, I think. Yeah, it, 19 coconuts, coconuts and 17 fall off. Meaning for anyone who could do basic maths, which I hope is everyone in our audience, only two stay on. Um, it's not awful though, considering what's to come later. Um, anyway, Ashling and Nisha together. Um, Ashling just uses a wide variety of stuff that is honestly I've f- found quite difficult to write down. She wants to put so, fire extinguisher fluid on the track, I think. To make she wants to put it on the skateboard to make it stickier, to stick everything together, because I think she thinks it's a liquid or foam extinguisher. It looks like it's a it's a like CO2 gas extinguisher. Then she she also has a tennis racket, which would expand the surface area. Joe, I'm doing go- this task. Okay. I was just asking you to see if I was right about the fire extinguisher fluid. Um, anyway, so what Ashley does is she, like, like Joe said, she gets a tennis racket and ties it to the skateboard. And on top of said racket, she ties down a fruit bowl. Um, but before made sending glass. made of glass, notably a very, very strong material. Um, and she does this, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. She takes a couple of bananas, slices them in half and starts sticking the flat end to the skateboards to create like a barrier. Sorry, my voice cracked a bit there, but yeah, the banana barricade. Yeah. It, it's weird. And then Ashling goes to put it up, and I, I was thinking, no way is this going to work, no way. And then, well, you missed. Did you did you did you remember what she did with the fire extinguisher? Oh yeah, like I like, sprayed it everywhere in her face and stuff. Yeah, it it went very badly. Yeah, that was <laughs> Alex just doing everything wrong, basically. Um, as, as as people will put it, Ashling just, or as Ashling will put it, Alex just makes everything wrong. Um, I'm not sure how many coconuts she put on to begin with, 
But all I do know is that when it came to a stop, 14 stayed on. Um, yeah, they comparison- didn't say how many came off, how many were on there to start with. In comparison to Nish, um, who had a, who'd used fewer materials, he used a milk crate and two uh, drawers from like a chest of drawers, puts his coconuts in these, and when he lets go, they come to a stop and 13 fall off. So just, just shy of Ashling's score. Mm-hmm. Do you get the joke? Yes. Okay, good. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, so Ashling has just beaten Nish so far. Um, but then we've got Bob and Sally, and both of whom take the, one of the curtains out of the caravan and make a huge sack. Not only, so already they're both DQ'd. Not only that, but they slide down on the coconuts, on the skateboard with the coconuts, sorry. Uh, Bob slides down on his belly, dragging the coconuts along with him. Sally rides it like a sledge, sitting up, um, in a crap, sitting in a tuck, knee tuck position. Um, and yeah. Which also, I, I love that, uh, that Sally tested the coke the 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 slide before this, and she just absolutely slams into the pile of coconuts at the bottom of the ramp, and like Alex bursts out laughing. I feel like if if that had been Ashling or someone, she would have taken off one of her shoes and run after Alex, brandishing mm-hmm. it at him. Oh, Sally thought it was hilarious. Yeah, Sally thinks everything is hilarious with Alex in in a good way, mm-hmm. not in like a mean spirited yeah. way though. Anyway, um, I did make note of the music cue again because I'm slowly, I'm partially slowly turning into you, partially still saying me. I wrote, uh, we have the under the table music. Mm. In other words, the debajo de la mesa music. Yeah. Um, I didn't know how to write Debajo de la Meso because I couldn't be asked to Google a picture of the boat right away. Um, anyway, because Bob and Sally's uh, attempts are null and void um, because of their similar methods, they're both DQ'd. Uh, and so the scores are pretty self-explanatory. Ashley gets five, Nish four, Mark gets three. Personally, I think Mark should have got slightly lower because the gap between him and Nish was so large. Um, but it is what it is. And it will only get larger. <laughs> Oh, yes, it will. There, There's currently four points separating the pair of them in this episode. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you can't really do Taskmaster Joe. Nope. There, there's not a lot of object. There's, there's not a lot of subjective a, tasks in this episode. There's one. The flipbook task is subjective. but um, Yeah, that's, that's really the only that, one. Before that, we have to go to the polls for task three. Another this bloody is, referendum. As indeed. Indeed. Vote for which contestant you think should receive five bonus points. The contestant who receives the most votes will receive five bonus points. You may vote for yourself if, however, you vote for yourself and fail to receive the most votes, you will lose two points. Uh, There is a polling station set up in the caravan, uh, which Nish does not think looks like an official polling place. Uh, Notably, a new music cue that we've never heard before is... Um, the Taskmaster theme they usually have when they're introducing it, but there's a news style, like a like the thing they have when breaking news is being announced, um, intercut into the middle of that. Uh, also, would like to point out that when they show Bob coming into the caravan, 
there is a massacred Satsuma sitting on the drying rack by the sink in the caravan. And also in the water cooler task from a couple, from a couple episodes ago, the, um, the, there's a Satsuma on the water cooler. I don't know if I mentioned that, which is, uh, as the, as everyone with these contestants, as is the ongoing Satsuma, Satsuma joke with Bob Mortimer. Um, immediate mind gaming from everyone as they try and figure out who's going to pick who. But Sally in the end just soul reads this entire thing. And she predicts that the boys will pick themselves. She and Ashling will vote for somebody else. Bob will vote for somebody else because he's a wild card. And so, and so, which is true just in life. And then the new, the news theme plays again, Nish yells democracy when he leaves and the and then that's it this is a very short task um sally voted for bob bob voted for sally ashling voted for sally and then mark and nish voted for themselves just like sally predicted uh mark and nish lose two points which mean that we now get to show, show the scores of and and there's nish which means that Nish Kumar going into the third at the end of the third task in the show has four points. This might be actually the lowest, if not one of the lowest scores in Taskmaster history. Mel Gedroyd's got the lowest. No, Mel Mel Gedroyd has still got the lowest score. I was going to say she got like three points in an episode. Yeah, I was going to say, if it wasn't this, it was going to be Mel. But Nish makes a very good... Or well, Richard Osman in one episode of Series 2. He he got, like, five. Yeah, but this is really funny because Nish actually was doing, wasn't doing well, but he wasn't doing badly. But uh, Now he's officially doing badly. Now Not he's just officially in this episode, in, but in the series. Now he's officially in the Kumar zone of just being utterly hopeless. Exactly. And now and now let's flip on over to task number 4. Hey, transitions. I'm trying. Um, anyway, we have the task of make a funny flickbook film. And the way this is set out is there's a large blank canvas on the floor and a camera directly above. Uh the camera will take pictures of what's on the canvas. Does it say how many pictures it would take in total? No, it it it's just a flipbook film. Theoretically, you could just make a flipbook film with two pictures. So yeah, that's true. I feel like there, there was this although, really old, there's this really old cartoon. I think something called Paddy the Pelican, and it would mainly um, for a lot of its shots, it would just play the same five frames back and forth. Yeah, and that's a valid way of doing it. Actually, I am going to comment when we get to Mark's version of this. Uh, the Mark's attempt on this, I actually am going to comment on like what constant, what I, on like something I noticed about it in like the frame, how many pictures it is, but we will, uh, we will see. Anyway, one other thing to notice is someone shat in Bob Mortimer's school, uh, primary school sandpit on his first yeah, day. That, which he just mentioned. And then of course in the, in the studio, he says it was sweet, which implies that he ate it. And I'm sorry that we have to think about that. I didn't even clock that until you said it. And I've literally, if I had a camera pointed in my face right now, you'd have seen my face 
cringe and coil in frustration. Not frustration. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of Bob, um, he's created an instructional video on how to peel a banana. Uh, the banana goes in one ear and out the other and through one eye and the other. And then he puts yeah. it in his mouth and then it comes out uh, unpeeled or, pe- or, yep. or just peeled. Yeah. And it's shot in black and white as well. Yeah. Or more like it's got a black and white filter put over it. But yeah. It this is a very difficult task to This is a this one and the next one are very difficult to actually talk about in a fashion that is like a comprehensible. But yeah, um let's just go through it really quick because we're almost we're almost done. We might actually get the sub hour episode. I mean, what what a, what a miracle that would be. Although I I feel like we would have, I don't know if we'd be breaking new ground or something, but yeah, speed um, run any percent. I mean, we can't drag these episodes out. We dragged them out long enough. We kept them down a bit. You filled it too much with banter. We didn't have much banter today, but we're still making good time. Uh, next up is Sally's um, French cat jumping on some hats. Now I'm going to very quickly play um, the original audio. And then I will play Alex's translation of said audio. The shepherd boing boing. The shepherd boing boing. The shepherd boing boing. The chapeau. Oh oh. Attention au chapeau. Ils sont dangereux. Oh no. Oh no, petit chat. Le chapeau. Le chat a été mangé par le chapeau. Oh oh. Do you want me to, I could translate it while you my, look at the flick. My, my French is not all that, so if you could yeah. translate it into English, Are I you think ready? I'd get a full understanding of the film. The cat is boing boing, the cat is boing boing, the cat is boing boing, the hat. Uh-oh, watch out for the hats. The hats are dangerous. Oh, no, little cat, the hats. The cat has been eaten by the hat. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, so it's just, yeah, it's just features a cat jumping on some hats and then the cat dies or something? Yeah, the cat... The cat gets eaten by the pair of hats, which um, is one of two cat-based deaths in this task, which I think is surprising. And um, I am, and so uh, let's, can we just keep going really quick? Because I'm almost, I almost got to go in a little bit. So I just oh, want to yeah. finish this. Joe's got to go out to a family dinner. Um, anyway, Ashley. We filmed this early just to, just for that. I'm yeah. filming this in the afternoon for once. Yeah. Uh, and it's currently about half nine here in the UK in the evening. Uh, up next uh, is Ashling B and she plays ball with Alex. And then um, uh, Alex yeets Ashling through the air and she lands in some dog poo. Well, no, she she lands on top of a guy who looks like Al Murray, but isn't Al Murray. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Al Murray. To be I honest. thought it was, but it wasn't. But um, she shoves him into the dog poop, and then she falls in love with him, and then he smears the dog poop on her. And it's supposedly an allegory for her relationship history. I mean, sounds like it would be regardless. Um, Mark is up next, and I watched the version of this on YouTube with my VPN. This, was the sound off for you in a yes, portion of this? Yes, I feel like the audio was copyrighted and YouTube muted it that, as a result. That's what, I, that's what I've said. So part of the audio was muted for copyright, question mark. Yes, um, yes it was. 
Uh, if it I, wasn't, that's the strangest video rendering error I've ever seen. Uh, anyway, um, I couldn't write down in intense detail what exactly happened, and I'm probably missing something out in this description. But Alex and Mark are playing as friends because they are friends. They like doing something together as friends. I said, it's nice. And then I finished it with a kiss around with their lips around a fruit or something. A kiwi fruit. Um, I thought Mark it was a described- kiwi. Mark describes it as two friends who break apart because of one another's selfishness, and then they get back together with the help of a kiwi fruit. And it's basically how him and Alex have been friends for 20 years. And also, I do just want to mention And Alex this. and Mark doesn't know what Alex looks like. Yeah, I do just want to mention this. Uh, in the thing, um, this is because Mark and Alex are in this video. You can sort of see blurring around like Mark's arms at some times, which makes me think they didn't actually take pictures for a flipbook but rather this is a very low frame rate video which i'm i'm wondering if that's like almost cheating if they just filmed this and then slowed it down because a video is an elaborate flipbook because of how cameras work but that's also cheating but maybe maybe i'm wrong um anyways and then nish which is my which is my favorite which is one of my favorites nish has taken the sofa and he's put it so it's lying on the backboard and he's sitting in it like he's like lying on it on his side but from the top down it looks like he's just casually sitting lying on the sofa sprawled across it along comes the same cat uh that was eaten by hats in sally's film and I think this was the same cat from the spot the difference task and the get the tree cat out of the tree task in like season two. So this is pebbles. Yeah. I, no, it's patatas. Patatas, yes. Uh, so anyway, what Nish does is uh, patatas crawls on him and then Nish proceeds to eat patatas. Yes. And I've written in my notes, oh, Nish. Yes. Um and that is basically all of Nish's video. He smiles at the end, and it's really, really weird. Uh, Greg gives Bob uh, and Nish a rare five points, and the other three get three points. And then um, do we want to do Taskmaster Joe? Yeah, the first time Taskmaster Joe is being played in this whole uh, episode, and it's at the 50-minute mark. Yep. Maybe a bit longer with sound bites, but yeah. Taskmaster Joe. Uh, Bob, I'm given first place too because I really like that, especially the use of selective color on the banana, so that only the yellow showed up and everything else was in black and white. Nish is second because I really liked it. Sally's is third because because you know it's weird, but it's also a French art film. Uh, Mark and Ashling, I'm giving fourth and fifth too because I didn't particularly get anything out of them. There wasn't any like emotional hit or anything. So that's it. And then we're on to the live task and then we're done. And this will be the shortest episode ever. Yeah. I think we should call this, uh, I think we should call this YTSN speed run any percent. Um, (laughs) YTSN speed run any percent. Um, But yeah, um, maybe for series uh, six and beyond, we'll start doing really even shorter episodes because I don't think we can get much shorter than this. I'm doing this with an active time limit and this is about as short as we can get. Anyway. uh, Um, so, the, uh, live task. 
Zip lines. This is fun. Send the most things to the Taskmaster. Items must travel via zip line and land on your segment of the Taskmaster's table. You may not move from your current position. You have 100 seconds. So there's just string that's strung across from where they're standing on the stage down to a table in front of Greg, which is turned to face the stage. It There's a great camera angle under the zip lines looking towards Greg. That's just going to look in. And this just devolves into chaos immediately. Um, uh, because there's various objects on the ta- on the tables like bananas, balloons in a basket, cellophane roll, coconut shoes, hanger, a bra, a stuffed monkey, and paper clips, among many others. Um, some people are really good at this. Like Bob is just sending stuff down, no problem. Sally drops her rope and has to have an audience member pick it back up for her because Alex Nish won't. Screams, and- Nish screams Nish in Mark- fury. Nish, Mark, and Ashling are just absolutely roaring and screeching at this. Actually, if we could just play like any sound bite from the last 30 seconds of that would be great. Okay. I I do want to play Ashling's soundbite because she says and take it out of context that sentence is incredibly racist. Yeah, it is. Holy shit, I hadn't thought of that. Anyways, um Mark I think actually steps off the mat at one point but nobody notices, nobody cares, doesn't matter. I it actually certainly doesn't did, it certainly isn't disqualified for it. He gets second place. I actually didn't even get everybody's scores other than Bob and Mark. Um, Bob got Bob eight, gets Mark five. got five. Oh, I thought you were talking about these scores overall. How many How many things they got? I, I didn't even get that because it was just such a chaotic thing. Um, I can give you the... Oh, Nish sc- threw a coconut at Greg. Oh, yeah, and Greg's, Greg screams fuck off at Nish because he yeah. nearly tried to kill him. Anyway, mm-hmm. the scores for this task, Bob gets five, Mark gets four, Nish amazingly got three, Ashling two and Sally one. Yeah. And then um, at the end of the episode, Bob Mortimer wins the whole episode. Uh, Greg speaks French, which he delivers his closing monologue in. And um, they might have brought Mark Watson's gate all the way out to wherever the hell they filmed this. I think it's Pinewood Studios in London. Hmm. Yeah, they did. And that Um, is that is the episode, basically. Yeah, that's it. Actually, because we've this will definitely be our shortest episode to date, not including the bo- uh, that one bonus episode. Yeah, but yeah, this is our first sub hour episode. We're not going to drag it on any longer than necessary because Joe needs to go. I might actually be able to edit this episode tonight. Okay, cool. Right, bye. <laughs>